Shalom Ubracha. Welcome back to our Tfila Biyun discussing our Tfilas in depth, learning to go deeper into the words of our beautiful Tfilas. Today we will be discussing the Al Hatzadiki prayer. As you hear in the background, the beautiful song by Shlomo and Eitan Katz. Ah. All right, let's get into it. We'll get back to the tune at the to the music at the end. So this year is being dedicated for the protection of the entire Jewish people, especially all of our brothers and sisters fighting down in Aza and all throughout Eretz Israel. And this year has been prepared from the Sfarim Rab Schwab on prayer from the beautiful Sefer's Shmona Esrei. Um, one of them is by Rav, Rav Leth, and the other by Rav Avram Chaim Fewer. Kind of go through them, write my notes, and try to put my thoughts together, put something meaningful to enhance our tefillah. So the first question which I asked myself when I started studying al tzadikim is why are we davening for the tzadikim? Now, one would assume that if they are righteous people, then they need our prayers a little bit less than your average Joshua Shmo, because after all, they're tzaddikim. So we should dafka be davening for the not tzaddikim. They need the help more. Why dafka are we praying for the righteous people? So I want to offer two answers. The first answer is that as Mishle teaches, Shlomo Malach teaches, tzaddik yesod olam. A tzaddik is the foundation of the world. The world is built to create a space for tzaddikim to exist. And therefore, all of the things that happen to us, a tzaddik is a foundation. He can, he can really affect things. And so we're really concerned about our, our righteous people because what they do has an even more tremendous effect on the world than anyone else. And as Rav Yonatan Ibeshitz writes in Ya'arot Dvash, the tzaddik's tefillah opens up the gates and our prayers are connected to Shemaim through his prayers. In fact, uh, the Chassam Sofer actually suggested that we should physically be in the proximity of a tzaddik so that somehow that can bring up our prayers to a higher place. Nothing else, being in the proximity of a tzaddik will at least inspire us to pray with more enthusiasm. It's said about uh, the Nazir that he became a student of Rav Kook, not through his brilliant philosophy, not through his shirim, but by witnessing Rav Kook davening. How on a regular Tuesday, his prayer was filled with tears. And we all know true, sincere prayer is contagious. So if we have rezoichet to pray near tzaddikim, that's a gavaldic thing. So that's, I would say, answer number one is to remind ourselves that, you know, we really need the tzaddiks, tzaddikim to be in a good place for the sake of the whole Jewish people. And on a related note, I would say a different answer is that it's really to remind us of the importance of tzaddikim. It's not necessarily something we would naturally think about three times a day. And so this tefillah ensures that we care about tzaddikim and we try to make ourselves into tzaddikim be'ezrat Hashem. So a few words of introduction before we jump into the actual uh, words of the tefillah. The Vilna Gaon writes, and Hashem is very, very close to the tzaddik. Similarly, the Ramban writes that Hashem hears the tefillahs of the tzaddik 
on an even higher level than anyone else because he's so sincere, because he hasn't uh, been metameh, impurified his mouth and his, his body for silly things, and so it's a pure vessel. So go straight up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Uh, the Mabit writes that since a tzaddik subjugates his will to the will of Hashem, to midak negen midak, it only makes sense that God is going to often subjugate his will. Tzaddik goes there, v'ashem mekayim, and God will listen more easily to the tzaddik. Um, in fact, we see this concept of uh, asking for the prayer of the tzaddik uh, in the Torah itself. From an interesting uh, place, we see by Avi Melech. The first time that a prayer, the word tefillah, is mentioned in Chumash is when Avi Melech asks Avram Avinu to pray for him. Similarly, Pharaoh actually asked that Moshe Rabbeinu pray for him. So if Avi Melech and, and, and Pharaoh realize the power of tzaddikim, then Kalvachomer, we should realize how powerful the prayer of a tzaddik is. And I was also thinking about how Avraham was davening and almost saved all of Stone. Alvstone was almost saved because of the tzaddikim there. That's a clear source that a few tzaddikim, be it because of their spiritual metaphysical value, or maybe because they will have an, a power to influence and impact everyone else around them, or both. But either way, the tzaddik, the righteous person, the tzaddikis, uh, is extremely, extremely important. It's something, you know, that's a little far into moderns like ourselves, but it's something that is a big part of our tradition. The Gemara in Baba Metziah, Daf Dalid Amid Bet, which talks about how these sailors were going to go, you know, they were in the sea and it was going to go into the water and they called out in this chos of a tzaddik and they were saved. To this day, many of us will call out in this chos of Rabbi Meir Balanes or Rabbi Shimbar Yochai or other tzaddikim uh, that Hashem save us. And so it's certainly part of our tradition to daven in the merit of a tzaddik. The tour who wrote a, he writes a, 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 about the meaning of each tefillah, wrote that this is the only baracha in Shemona Eshe, which uses every letter of the alphabet. And to me, what that meant is that tzaddik fulfills the whole purpose of creation Certainly, if you understand the world the way the Rambam does, we're kind of here to create space for that man who, uh, or woman who really uh, fulfills God's will. And I wanted to be clear that a tzaddik is not a particular person, but every single day, every single one of us has an opportunity to choose to be a tzaddik or chas v'shalom, a rasha. And so we can all, we all have the potential to become tzaddikim. As Pirkei Avos reiterates the Pasuk in Yeshayayah, and your nation are all tzaddikim, which I think is understood to mean that we all have the potential to become tzaddikim. Whether we actualize that, well, that's up to us every single day, whether we're going to become the best maishi, yanko, khanala, insert your name here, that we can be. One last little gematria. It's a 13th bracha of the Shemona Esrei, and we pray for the mercy of Hashem in this tefillah, in the tzchus of the tzaddikim. All right, let's go through the actual words of the prayer. So we're praying for the tzaddikim. 
Now, what is a tzaddik? I think by pashtus, it means someone who's trying their best to do the will of God. It doesn't mean that he's perfect. In fact, there are many sources which indicate that even a tzaddik falls. But what makes him a tzaddik is the fact that he gets up again, that he feels Hashem is with him, and he does tshuva, and he tries again to go in the will of, of Kaddish Baruch Hu. And he puts the needs of Hashem even before his own personal needs. So that's a tzaddik. And that's who we're praying for. Al HaTzadikim. The Al Hasidim. And of the righteous ones. Or the devout ones. Now, there are actually two different ways to understand how this tefillah flows. According to many of Farshim, um, and this is the way that Rabbi Fuhr and Rabbi Lef touch it up. We're going higher and higher in Kedusha. The Tzadikim are on a lower level, and Hasidim is even higher. Or the way that it's explained, you know, a Tzadik is someone who serves God out of fear, but a Hasid is one who goes above and beyond. He's serving God out of love. Or perhaps the Budram says a Tzadik is a, someone who's always been a Tzadik, but a Tshuva was a Hasid. Someone who's raised himself to a higher level through tshuva, through ava. Um, personally, I actually think the approach of Rav Schwab uh, makes more sense to me. We're actually going down in Kedusha. The tzaddik is someone who's, who's perfectly righteous, or virtually per- perfectly righteous. A chassid is someone who, in a particular aspect of Avodah Hashem, goes above and beyond. He's not as lofty of a level of a tzaddik, but... Every one of us, if we choose, my mitzvah is a chnasas orchim. So in that respect, you're a chassid. I'm an amazing davener. I always am a bit about wearing tzitzis. So you're a chassid in that particular mitzvah. Let's keep going. Ve'al ziknei amcha beit Yisrael. And on the elderly of your nation, the house of Israel. So I think on a pashib shot level, we're praying for the elderly chevra. Why are we dominating for the elderly chevra? Because in our religion, we give great respect to people who are older. They've experienced the world uh, a lot more than us. They have a lot more wisdom. As the Pasuk says, Zechor yimot olam binu shnot dor vador. You should ask your father and they'll tell you. And we're meant to respect the elderly and pray for them in our holy religion. The beautiful story out of Kamenetsky was on a plane and his grandchildren were treating him with great respect. And a secular person asked him, how is it that your grandkids are so respectful and mine not so much? And Kamenetsky explained, well, because my grandchildren believe that I am a bit closer to Harsinai. You know, I'm one generation closer and so they have a lot of respect for me. Etc. Etc. Jonathan Sachs talks about how in societies where there's respect for the elderly, ultimately a much more healthy, whole, and happier societies than those who don't have respect for the elderly. And uh, unfortunately, our generation is losing some of that respect. So by praying every day for the elderly, we're bringing back some of that respect. Another way to understand the the word zakin would be that it refers sometimes to Torah scholars. And so we're praying for the Torah scholars, or as Rabbi Yudam and Yakar writes, for the communal leaders. 
Those are the Zakenim. The Tefillah continues, The remnant of the Sofrim. So, are we talking about, you know, scribes who write Sifrei Torah? It could be on one level. But the Eitz Yosef and many others explain that a Sofer refers to someone who writes Sfarim to the Torah scholars who write Sfarim and put it out there. Now, it's very important to write Sfarim. First of all, when you write things down, it helps clarify uh, your thoughts. You know, before I put this year online, I write it down several times. I type it up. I write it down. This is like my fifth draft. Not that I look at the notes so much, but it helps clarify my thoughts. And um, it also, of course, helps spread the Torah. Imagine if Rashi would have been lazy and said, eh, I'm not going to write down my thoughts. Imagine where we would be. Who knows? Oive. So we pray for the Sofrim, the Torah scholars, uh, those who organize the Torah. A Sofer literally means those who count. Now, in the olden days, if you look in Mishnah, there's a lot of counting. There's 39 categories of Shabbos. There's four categories of damages. So therefore, a Sofer can refer to the Torah scholars that we're praying for. The Midrash actually says it also refers to those who teach children. The Midrash says, Torah teachers of children sit at God's right hand for eternity. Wow. The Chidushe Arim writes, if people would know the reward of children, of teachers of children, they would run to become teachers. And a Sofer are called that because they make every child count individually. From Lashon of Sapir, to make every child shine like a diamond. So, Gavalt, as Gemara in Shabbos, Kuf Yud, Tess writes, the world continues the babbling of the children because their words are pure and free of sin. When we teach children Torah, it's, uh, it's very, very powerful and it creates the root for these children to later become great Torah scholars. Plitat beat Sofrehem, the remnant of the Torah scholars. Maybe on another level, we could say it's, it's rare to find true Torah scholars in our generation that are truly connected to the Torah uh, as it once was. So when we find someone, they're like the plata, they're the, the last remnants of the Torah scholars of yonder year. Finally, Valgeria Tzedek, and of the righteous Gerim, we're praying for them, as the Pasuk in Devarim, Yud Yud Ches writes, Shem loves the Ger, and we too must love the Ger. You too were a Ger in Mitzrayim. So we love them, we pray for them. Sometimes uh, Gerim have a hard time. Sometimes uh, they don't feel as welcomed and as loved as they should. Chida writes that every Jew, every, every non-Jew who converted had a holy spark. And the Chavetz Chaim writes that when God offered the Torah to the non-Jews, some of them actually wanted it, while most of them said no. And the minority who wanted it end up becoming those Gerim who... Um, who become, you know, tzaddikim, people inspired us. These people bought into Judaism, and we pray for them because they inspire us to become better. Many commentators also relate about tshuva. Gemara in Brachas Tav Lamedalid writes, "B'makim shabale tshuva omdim in tzaddikim." Omdim. I'm not sure if that's the exact language. Bali tshuva on a certain level, or even higher than tzaddikim. And so about Chuva who chooses into Torah and mitzvahs and does Chuva out of Abba is on a certain level like a ger, and we're praying 
for them too. And us too. So we're very humbly, uh, you know, submitting ourselves to Hashem. And, and us too. Now, if we happen to be a ger, then what do we mean by Aleinu? I don't know. Maybe we'd say, oh, I don't know if we're completely a ger tzedek. So we could still say, Aleinu. God, bring your mercy down on us. As I said before, we're, we're asking for God's mercy. And give goodly reward to all those who truly trust in Hashem. As Ramban writes, there's a lot of people who talk the talk, who say they have a Muna, but to be a Baal tochen means you act in a way of a Muna. You truly only trust a Kaddish Baruch Hu. No one else. Like the story, I think, of the Shinova Rebbe. This is a very extreme story. But what can I say? Gets the point across how he was traveling, I think, to Israel, and someone gave him a, a ticket um, that just go to the bank and you can take as much money as you want out of this bank when you get to the Holy Land and you'll be taken care of. And when he had this ticket in his pocket, he felt like it was bothering his prayers. So he just threw the ticket into the sea because he had trust only in a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So again, I wouldn't recommend that at home, but you get the idea that a Baal Bitochen understands and recognizes that everything is truly from a Kaddish Baruch Hu and Hashem runs everything. So if we put ourselves in that camp of those who truly have trust in a Kaddish Baruch Hu, then we uh, can join into this group of tzaddikim that we're praying for. And please put our portion with them. And we won't be embarrassed because you, we have trusted. So it's an amazing opportunity every day to remind ourselves of the power of bitachon, of trust in Hashem. You're the source of all blessing, Hashem, the one who, the mainstay of righteous people. Remind yourselves that God protects the righteous. So we want to get ourselves into that category. And truthfully, it's to me a prayer. Please, Hashem, I want to be a tzaddik. Please let me become a tzaddik. Please let my soul shine like the tzaddikim's would in Ezrat Hashem. Should we finish with the story? All right. So we'll finish with one story. And I know it's only going to whet our appetite. So don't worry. We'll put out more stories soon. Tzadikim uh, stories. Bezrat Hashem. So this is a story about a modern day tzaddik. Rabbi Mordechai Eliyahu, who's a chief rabbi of Israel. The Sephardi chief rabbi. And uh, this is, was just a few years ago, not a story from a million years ago. So, Har'el Chatzroni recounts, Run Friday, he's waiting to ask Ramordechai some questions. And he overheard the following story. The man told Ramordechai I came here today with my relative who experienced clinical death. And she saw Ramordechai on the Beit Din Shalmala, the heavenly court above. And the rabbi was unmoved. She wants to ask the rabbi a few questions. Reveliao stepped outside of the office, and a woman in her late 30s was waiting for him. She did not appear to be observant of Torah and mitzvahs. And the man next to her explained, a few days ago, this woman was hospitalized. She didn't feel well, and suddenly her condition became worse, 
and she died. After the doctors confirmed her death and we all signed the forms, we saw that she started waking up. She said she had experienced clinical death and that she had arrived at the heavenly court and they wanted to take her. The woman was moved to hear her story being told and she continued the story herself. I began to cry. I told them that I had just given birth to a baby girl and I also have a son. I want to raise my children. I don't want my children to be orphans. I asked them to give me another chance, but in heaven they wouldn't agree. She looked at the rabbi, Mordechai Eliyahu, and said, and you came and you turned to me and you said to me, if you will dress modestly, wear a head covering and everything else a woman needs to do, then you can return to the world. Do you agree? And I answered the rabbi, yes. I accepted upon myself these things so I can come back to the world. And after that, they decreed that because Rabbi Yahweh declared that I can come back, that's what happened. And Rabbi Yahweh didn't deny her words. And now I've come to you because I want you to tell me what I need to do, said the woman to Rabbi Yahweh. And Rabbi Yahweh said, I already told you there. Do what I told you. And the woman nodded and understood. Wow. So an absolutely true story. One of literally hundreds of stories. And if I had time to tell you, I could tell you. In fact, I intend on making a whole new podcast of Gadol stories, stories about tzaddikim. But we definitely glean from this short story, the power of a tzaddik. Even in this world, his soul can someday how ascend to the heavenly chambers and help people. So may Hashem bless us to understand how great it is to become a tzaddik. And may Hashem bless us every day to daven ala tzaddikim with kavana, ezrat Hashem. Thank you so much for listening for this beautiful uh, Torah from all the great rabbis. I hope you enjoyed it. hope you share it with other people to enhance their tefillah. And it certainly, I don't know, the eight hours of research has gone, opened up my heart to want to dive in with more kavana. So even if there's one person out there listening, I appreciate very much you listening. It helps my kavana go on a higher level. And let's end with the end of that song from Shlomo and Eitan Katz. See you.